0: Your host, Jeff Ekstrom, along with me as always, prep
1: extra rider, Luke
0: Mullen. Luke, welcome back. Episode number three.
1: Wow, three episodes. Hope all of you have been listening the whole time. If this is your first one, welcome. Happy to have you. Coming out every week with our high school football analysis. Some of our hot takes are right. Last week, not so much, but stick around for this week to figure out if we're going to be fools or looking good.
0: But yes, Luke, it was a wild other week, week, week six of high school football I mean some upsets but some expected results I mean I think the number one thing to lead off with in C2 it was the big game of that week it was number one Archbishop Bergen taking on number three Aquinas your hot take was that Aquinas defense <laughs> would slow him down but then 40 nothing Bergen stopped Aquinas yep.
1: it was the first play of the game Koa McIntyre just took a design quarterback run or failed option play I think it was about 55 yards up the sideline for a touchdown. And, you know, Aquinas, they do that run-oriented option, and obviously that is not suited for playing from behind, and definitely not suited to playing in offense the caliber of Bergens. And so, yeah, probably a little bit disappointing for Aquinas. I think they would have thought their defense would hold up a little bit, and that they'd also be able to, you know, at least move down the field a little bit with that option. And definitely, I said it in my story, and I got to say here again, I don't think anybody's touching Bergen. And I mean, that was the case last year during the regular season, too. They were by and far the better team in every single matchup they played. And, you know, it is kind of a failure, I guess, in, in that aspect that they ended up runner up last year. And this team is really hungry. They are so talented for the C2 level, and they're just really impressive to watch each week.
0: But you never know. <laughs> the playoffs true. get certainly crazy, but at yeah. the moment Bergen looks just above everybody and no one can touch him at the moment. In Class A, Millard South blanked Lincoln Pius X 36-0 nothing and Bellevue West stomped Omont Northwest 72-0 nothing. Not much to talk there about about that Luke, just just yeah. complete dominance.
1: Pretty pretty much expected results, I think. Millard South 36 point effort Pius the 10th, they got a pretty strong defense, so I don't think the Patriots will be too displeased with that. Probably Pius would have liked to score a touchdown at least. Um, but yeah, Bell West rolling over Northwest, that one was pretty expected. A little bit tighter result, number three, West Side was close against Miller North, which I thought was interesting. You know, you kinda compare that to to Lincoln East. They stomped Miller North a couple weeks ago, but just 36-25 for West Side. You know, not not that they have the most explosive offense, you know, compared to Lincoln East. Probably defensive, you know, run game is a little bit more their style. But that, that was an interesting result, too, just kind of showing how Lincoln East is going to compare to some of these Omaha teams down the stretch.
0: In Class B, number one, Bennington beat South Sioux City 56 21, while number two, Elkhorn defeated Mount Michael 49 14. But the game of the week, number five, Waverly beat up on number eight, Beatrice 56 7. Luke, we both went 0-2 there. That was my pick. It was I believed in the Orangemen, and yeah. Waverly was like, nah, Jeff, you're not getting your prediction right this week.
1: Well, I definitely did not see anybody scoring 56 points. I probably wouldn't have even thought they were going to combine for 56 points. I think I predicted like 24-20 or something like that. Um, but, you know, the Waverly defense holding Beatrice to 7 points, pretty impressive. You know, they, they have that run offense that, I'm sure Waverly see those looks pretty much every day in practice. They're tested against that kind of offense, but Cole Murray just lit it up offensively for Waverly. A lot of those weapons at running back and wide receiver, they're all kind of fired up for that big home game. And, you know, to me, that was such an impressive result. Like if Waverly can replicate that level of play down the stretch, they were so close to Scott, so close to Elkhorn. And I mean, the gap between these Class B teams is already small, Like okay, you know, Waverly's a top five team, but Aurora was pretty much just a top five team last year until they ran it to the state title game too. So result like that, it it seriously shows that Waverly is going to be in contention there.
0: Yeah, Waverly just seems like it, like they might end up being like the four five seed, and it's just one of those things where no one wants to play them in the (laughs) postseason whatsoever. Yeah. In the city, Noah Walters once again lit it up for number eight Lincoln East, beating number ten Millard West forty one to ten on another Thursday night in Seacrest, man, they could just continue to roll this time against a ranked team.
1: And, I mean, what really impressed me, too, um, was just the tempo that they played at. And, you know, when, when you play that kind of passing style, usually they run it pretty quick off the play clock, you know, maybe 20 seconds in. Well, they were snapping the ball after, like, 10 seconds, you know. It was being spotted, and they were getting ready to snap it. And doing that against Millard West, too, I mean, their defense Their defense showed some flashes. Obviously, they, they got picked apart a little bit. But, you know, you think about they're a team that's played a real tough schedule, played some of those other top Class A teams from Omaha, and Walter shredded them. He had three touchdown drives in under a minute in, in each of those drives, <laughs> which is just crazy. And Cooper Erickson coming alive in a big way again. Spartans, you know, they got to practice some of their running game late in that late in that fourth quarter. You know, once the score was already out of reach, and you know, I, I thought it was going to be close, but you know, there's there's so many teams kind of at that five and one spot in Class A. But if it wasn't that case, you know, you could say Lincoln East kind of showed that they they could be top five status with that win for sure.
0: The rivals Lincoln Southeast beat Pap- oh, ugh, Papillion La Vista thirty five twenty one to bounce. Back there but now we go to the top 10 Luke you set out a fresh new set of ratings mm-hmm. not much in class a first eight uh don't change at all but Columbus makes its first appearance of the year at number nine after defeating Carney last week at home 35-31
1: yeah you know we we spoke about it last week we were really interested to see it's kind of a, a measuring stick for them you know Carney a solid team really challenged some of those other top 10 teams so you know, the four point margin of victory pretty in line with that. I think, you know, you have some of those other contenders, Millard West, two and five, but still a really good team. Like I said, Carney, they're a contender too. And Southeast just right outside that top 10, you know, that 35 point effort against Papillion. uh, There's a lot of teams that are going to score more than 35, but for Southeast, 35 points is a real solid effort. And that's something to build off for them after struggling a little bit on offense. So, you know, Columbus gets the edge five and one, they beat pretty much everybody in front of them. So they're in at number nine, but some of those other teams are still really close behind.
0: In class B it's shake it up a little more. Yep. First three don't change, but Waverly jumps to five. Aurora jumps from seven to five. Omaha Scott from six to four. Scott's bluff though enters, they were at ten, now they're at seven. And then Northwest, who beat previously undefeated Seward, yep. is now at number eight.
1: So yeah, a lot of a lot of changes just to kind of reflect the results that that came across this last week, and Scottsbluff in particular. I you know I didn't really know what to make of them. You know, since they're so far out west, they don't get to play a lot of these you know eastern Class B teams. They're obviously not lining up against Scott. You know, taking a, a four hour road trip to play oh. the Skyhawks. So um, you know the, it's a little bit tough to compare sometimes. But hey, you look at their schedule and. Their only losses to Aurora and to Fort Morgan, Colorado, um, which is a really strong Colorado team as well. And yeah, they, they have a 43-36 win over Northwest, another team who's rising a little bit with that win over Seward. Northwest has played a really tough schedule on their own right. So yeah, those two teams, they get a little bit more respect this week after, after really putting it together. And Seward and Beatrice, you know, five and one, really strong records. But hey, you got to drop a little bit if you can't take care of business against these top teams, and that's why they're down there at nine and ten.
0: C four, first four, first five actually do not change. But checking in at number six is Milford, who Absolutely. defeated Auburn fifteen fourteen, and Auburn's put a test to a lot of top teams and have been. And they're a pretty good team themselves.
1: Yeah, no, definitely Auburn. Um, really strong defense they keep the scoring pretty low in most of their games and 15-14 against Milford, that was definitely the case. And Milford had that huge win over Wahoo two weeks ago, followed it up with a really strong offensive night against Nebraska City. But, you know, I was kind of waiting on them to to see that Auburn game, really see how they'd fare. And coming away with that win is huge. I think even if they lost um, by a close margin, they'd probably be deserving of, you know, maybe a lower spot in the top 10. But you look at their only loss, 33-0 to the number one team in C1, Ashland Greenwood. So definitely a bit of ways off that you know upper echelon, not being able to touch the top. Um, but I think number six, very fair spot for them. They're right up there with some of those teams and, and the ability to compete. Really like what I see from them on defense, too. Um, so, yeah, really excited to see how they kind of close out the year, take care of business going into the playoffs.
0: They could make some noise in the postseason, that Milford team. Carney Catholic beat Broken Bow in a nine-six classic to stick in the number two <laughs> spot. That one yeah. was pretty low scoring there. Wahoo is at number ten. In C two, not much changes within the top five, a little bit. But Archbishop Bergen, importantly, stands at the top, a little bit. Or moves up to number three after being five. And Oakland Craig stays at five, but Aquinas drops from two to or three to four. Excuse me. But otherwise, Bishop Newman enters at number nine, and North Platte Saint Pat's at ten.
1: Yep, a lot of there's a lot of teams um, with just one one loss floating around in C two. A couple of them picked up their second loss last week, uh, vice versa. You got some of those contenders looking in there like Centennial, Lincoln Lutheran, those are a couple of really good two loss teams, Wilbur Clitonia. And yeah, all all those teams are so close, they're probably in the seven to ten range and big gap at the top. You look at Norfolk Catholic at number two only loss was to a strong C1 team Boone Central so you think hey you know maybe they're the only one that can take down Bergen Bergen' still got to play Oakland Craig but mm-hmm. I think the gap is still there so if you're C2 and you don't want Bergen yeah. to win you might become a, a Norfolk Catholic fan because they have probably the strongest resume other than them
0: and you got Jeff Beller who has won yeah. numerous state titles so you never know with uh, norfolk Catholic there but Luke I have a question. Question of the week, we should call it. Yeah. What are some dark horses you would like to watch over the last three weeks of the season here? I will start mm-hmm. to set you up a little bit. I like Columbus. I watched them the other day take on Lincoln High. It was probably closer than what they wanted, but they still pulled out the late win. They beat Carney, who, despite being 2-4, and four, still pretty solid team and might, with their schedule, wind up being a playoff team. They have the upside in Ernest Hausman. Yeah. They have enough size, especially at running back. And I honestly think Mickey Williams or Brody Mickey, I think is his name, the quarterback. He's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the state. He has a lot of speed, a lot of speed, and he can chuck it downfield.
1: I like it. I mean, they've definitely had some close games, and you know, you're know, you one of those teams that shows the ability to win close games earlier in the year. That's definitely going to help you come playoff time. And, yeah, some of those offensive weapons that you mentioned, some big playmakers, and especially if they can be able to maybe play their way into a strong first-week playoff opponent, might be able to make some noise. So, yeah, I like it.
0: I want to get it right. Brody Mickey is the quarterback. He's thrown for 760 yards with 12 touchdowns and only two interceptions. And, of no, course, no. yeah, you got Ernest Housman, who's six four and just towers over everybody. He's wow. going to the Huskers, just to add on to that. <laughs> How about you, Luke? What do you got?
1: yeah so i i got to give it to one of the newcomers in class c2 bishop newman and i was really interested to see just kind of over the course of the season what they would do uh new first-year head coach ron pavlik formerly with bellevue west um you know one of those coaches that that really kind of lends their their mind to creating that offense that they have up there at Bell west so you know was that going to be able to transition to bishop newman Week one, they get smacked 27-0 by Aquinas, and okay, write them off. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> Week two, they lose to Norfolk Catholic. Jeez, 0-2, you know, this team, what are they even doing? Okay, just reel off four wins in a row. Really impressive beating Wilbur Clatonia and Centennial the last two weeks. That's five straight weeks scoring 23 or more points, which is going to be able to win you quite a few football games at the C2 level if your defense can can stand up to that challenge as well. And I, I really like him. I, I think that they've passed a lot of their challenges already. Lincoln Lutheran and UTAN in the next two weeks, those are two more very difficult opponents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get a team that's played such a tough schedule now that now that they've showed that they're able to master that offense a little bit. I think probably Coach Pavlik has some wrinkles that he hasn't thrown out mm-hmm. there yet in the regular season too. Um, they have some great playmakers up in that offense. And, and I think particularly there are going to be some teams – you know, they, they draw them in the playoffs and they're thinking, uh oh, this is a real solid offense that we're going to have to game plan for.
0: But say, if they pick up those wins against Lutheran and UTN, they have a shot at the number two seed, I would say, with wow. their strength yeah. of the schedule. It will just depend how things shake out mm-hmm. in the PowerPoints, but certainly a team to look at down the stretch. Well, we'll take a quick break. And as always, when we come back, we have previewing week seven, which might be the second best week we have had here on this show. And, of course, to finish out our hot takes right here on the Prep Extra Podcast. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. The Prep Extra Podcast, previewing Week 7, Luke Mullen along with Jeff Ekstrom. And Luke, we got a pretty good week. We'll start in Class A. Number 5, Elkhorn South, taking on Number 6, Gretna. And those are two teams that aren't considered that top, top tier.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But the winner of this could catapult themselves into that, possibly.
1: Absolutely. And I think for both teams, this is such a golden opportunity because they've had such great starts to the season. You know, Elkhorn South, they had that tough game against Millard South, but really they've not been quite tested at the level of those teams ahead of them. So, you know, you get the chance to line up against one of these other stellar five and one six and O teams. And that's going to tell you a lot, you know, win or lose, you might have to go back to the drawing board, you Mm -hmm. know, reinvent some things that you didn't even know were broken. And I'm really excited to see how Zane Flores does against the Elkhorn South defense. He's put up some big numbers, put mm-hmm. up some really good performances, um, especially last week against Scott. That was a really nice win for Gretna. So kudos to them for that, beating a nice Class B opponent. But hey, Elkhorn South, they were state runner-up last year. You see uh, their freshman left tackle, Teddy Prochaska, yeah. starting for Nebraska. And you think, hey, there's some serious talent going yeah. up through there at Elkhorn South. Um, So they're going to be eager to show that they have the same level this year, that they're able to reach that same status. And especially whoever comes out winner in that one will have a lot of momentum, feel really good about themselves, and be able to take down those final two regular season games. Man, the
0: football talent, Elkhorn right now. Yeah. Elkhorn number two in Class B, Elkhorn South number five in Class A. Pretty good, I'd say. Also in Class A, number eight, Lincoln East taking on number 10 North Platte on the road. On paper, it feels like Lincoln East should blow out North Platte, but with how fast Lincoln East can score and how slow North Platte can create a drive mm-hmm. could turn out to be something interesting, especially when East has to go to North Platte.
1: Yeah, definitely feels like the game where Lincoln East needs to see if they can get that run game going, if they can chew up some clock, mm-hmm. just set up some of the play-action looks for Noah Walters. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of interesting. They don't run that much play-action – which, you know, because they don't run the ball. I think yeah. I think obviously <laughs> they, they know that the defense isn't going to bite yeah. on some of those looks. Um, but I really like Hunter Epp and Jalen Welch. Those are two really good running backs that they have, and I'm sure those guys would love to touch it 15 times a game. And this is definitely the time to do it on the road, see if you can just beat another really good team into submission.
0: In Class B, the third number one versus number two matchup of the year. Is that correct, Luke?
1: Um, or is it the Fourth. Third a third, yeah. I think third. Waverly Scott and then Bennington Scott and then this one. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's right. We got it right. Number one, <laughs> Bennington taking on number two Elkhorn. It's in Elkhorn. One's gonna be a war.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, both of these teams this is you know, this is a case for a lot of class B schools, but run game, defense, those are their strengths. They're gonna battle it out. Dylan Mostek, he's been running over everybody. But that Elkhorn front, they have some big guys that, that really stand out. And, um, you know, just, just thinking about the strength of that Elkhorn program, obviously, you know, you have some of those guys in there who were on the field last year, and they're they're thinking nothing's different. You know, we keep on winning. we got another really good team in Bennington coming in. Another prove-it statement win for Elkhorn, you know, if they can do that, go up to number one you have to think that you know they're they're going to be just so amped up they're going to be just so ready to go in their preparation that that'll give them a huge boost the rest of the way and for bennington you know you have to wonder is there is there a little extra pressure you know mm-hmm. being that number 1 team yeah. now like going into the year i don't think anybody was pegging them as the top team in class b so definitely they they had to have some sort of chip on their shoulder going in as a kind of a prove it for themselves well, okay, now you've proved it. you Mm got to keep it up. So that's a little bit different challenge for them in this one than than in the weeks past.
0: Well, you have that one. And then right behind it is number four, Waverly, at number three, Plattsmith, who recently proved that they were for real, Mm -hmm. taking on a Waverly team who just decimated
1: another ranked team in Beatrice. How cool is that, that you have one, two, and three, four in the same week? Class B is just nuts. It's insane.
0: Every week there's been like a premier matchup. This week it has two, and then another ranked matchup, number 10 Beatrice and number nine Seward.
1: The action doesn't
0: let up every week for Class B.
1: Yeah, and I mean Beatrice, Seward, if if both of those teams won last week, I mean that would have been a crazy battle too. Um, Certainly that Waverly-Plattsmith game, going to be interesting to see Plattsmith star running back Christian Manessis um, he's averaging, I think, about 230, 240 yards a game. Well, I, I don't know how much Waverly gives up on the ground, but it's definitely less no. than that. Probably probably more like 180, 150, depending on the opponent. Um, so that's definitely going to be a huge battle to see if Plattsmith can still kind of impose their will with the offense they want to run. And, you know, we, we spoke, I said, Cole Murray, he lit it up last week. But, hey, is he going to have that consistency every week against every top 10 opponent he faces and this is just the this is just the opportunity for Waverly to keep it going that momentum from last week, or Plattsmith to really stand up and say, "Hey, we're for real."
0: Moving on down to C one, number one Ashland Greenwood hosts a rivalry game against number ten Wahoo, who finally re enters the rankings. Wahoo's has suffered a couple of heartbreaking losses this year, but there are no slouch.
1: Yeah, Wahoo definitely always a team that. You look at the calendar and you go, oh no, it's October and we're playing Wahoo. You know, you, you probably want to see them a little bit earlier in the year before they've they've had the time to kind of gel as a team, which was definitely the case. Took a couple weeks to get that offense going. Owen Hancock, he's doing a lot better things. Colin Ludvik, those are two of their stars on offense right there. And that Wahoo Ashland Greenwood matchup, I think both schools always get up for that. And you know, regardless of top ten status, it's going to be a close game. I think Ashlyn Greenwood, you know, being number one at home, it's going to be a fired up environment for them. I think those players are going to be able to handle it really well. Um, but Wahoo just always, always a tough opponent to get over for them, and I'm sure they know it's it's not going to be an easy one.
0: Then you got number three Boone Central taking on number nine Wayne and Wayne, who was in the top five earlier this year. So I mean, <laughs> this is another one for Boone Central to further prove themselves as a new juggernaut in the C1 races
1: yeah this is this is just part of a brutal stretch for Wayne too I'll point out they had to go at Columbus Lakeview at Ashland Greenwood host Battle Creek host Norfolk at Boone Central and then they get O'Neal next week who's one in five and then they end their season at Pierce so it's brutal I mean you're you're looking at probably six six playoff teams right there and for Wayne in particular this game would be huge I think you know Pierce and Boone Central some pretty similar opponents, but they're gonna have to probably want to pick up a win against one of them to really be where they are where they want to be in their season and I think Pierce that final week they're gonna be looking to go into the playoffs right so that that'd be a really tough one to expect um, so they're gonna really need to give it their best shot this week.
0: Well, it's certainly interesting with all these matchups because. With each week going by now, the more important you know, each game is for PowerPoint than deciding the playoff picture,
1: and especially with all these ranked matchups, really important. Definitely. You can, you know, with, with a big win against, you know, some of those top tier teams, you could easily go from, you know, say like 12th and wild card points to like second or third. Yeah. yeah obviously, you know, there's weeks after this, everything's going to be volatile, depending on your opponent, how your past opponents do, mm-hmm. you know. It's never easy to figure out where you're going to stand in wild card points. But all you know, you beat the team in front of you, you get a big boost. And especially if they already have a lot of points, just raises the importance at this level in the year.
0: Well, Luke, let's move into our hot take of the week. To finish out the show, best part, I will start. I'm going to say Bennington, Class B number one, doesn't fall. They win to stay at number one. But in C1... Ashland Greenwood falls to Wahoo. Wahoo is a good team. They're well coached by Chad Fox and their crew, and they just know how to run the football. Yeah. And sometimes that can just get to a team. And Wahoo has used that formula. They've won a state title <laughs> using that formula just recently. I like them over Ashland Greenwood
1: for sure. I think I think if Wahoo can keep it kind of in the twenty point range, you know, any more under that is going to play into their strengths. That that's the kind of Battle that they want to be in, mm-hmm. you know, going down to the end in the fourth quarter. And Ashland Greenwood, they've really been able to jump on some of these opponents, get some good points on them early. You know, if that game's going into halftime seven-seven, well, who's going to get fired up? They're going to yep. know they have a chance to to pull off a huge upset win. And I'm going to segue that into my hot take a little bit. You know, if it's a close game like that, I'm I'm seeing these number one teams in Class A, Class C one. And I'm saying, number one, Millard South against Fremont. Number one, Ashland Greenwood against Wahoo. One of these teams is going to get a big scare, go into overtime, and narrowly pull it out. Um, You know, that C1 matchup, obviously, really tight. Mm -hmm. Two of those top 10 teams could easily see that going down to the wire, perhaps, in overtime. But in Class A, I think think it's a really interesting matchup for Millard South, getting a Fremont team that really kind of put up a dud against North Platte in Week 2. They lost 34-0. But Fremont's only other loss, 17-15 to Grand Island. They put up some really strong defensive efforts, a couple of shutouts against a little bit lower, lower tier opponents. So you think if you know, if Fremont is able to hold Millard South maybe to thirty odd points, I really like their running back, Micah Moore. He can score some real good touchdowns. And I, I think Fremont might be able to put up a challenge here. You know, you can quote tweet me next week when Millard South wins like 56-7 or something. All you Millard Millard South fans. Um, But I think Fremont, they're a solid kind of playoff edge team. And with with that home game, you know, number one team coming in, they could get up for it. They could give them a little scare.
0: Well, it is senior night in Fremont. Last home game of the year. That even adds to it. So number one team coming into town. That place is going to be rocking. Well, that's going to wrap up prep extra podcast luke's thank you so much for coming on as always and talking about everything we have with high school sports and hopefully this week our predictions work out a little better absolutely <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for listening this has been the prep extra podcast presented by the lincoln journal star from luke mullen and myself jeff ekstrom thank you so much for listening in we'll talk to you soon enjoy the football